We are back for Desperation Point. Nice. 28. Uh, Tim's back. He's here. Hey, Tim. Posting it a mile. Hey, guys. Uh, starting next week, if you're watching this video, you know, eight months or however long it takes for us to get out after we actually play, we're actually playing in person next week for yeah. the first time in a year. And is last time we played in person was February 3rd, I think. So March, April, May. So roughly a year and three months, we'll all be playing in person, which is pretty cool. Kay is, Kay is going to try to make it. She has some work stuff, may have to work remote, but um, we're going to endeavor to, we're going to be playing in person from now on. As Full best 3D, as at least for us. That's right. Not you, but yeah, not you. But, but, but that also means <laughs> we will, we will, we'll st- we, nonetheless, yeah, we're going to try to get everybody caught up on Desperation Point uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, foremost of which was we will have a new player joining us. Um, a mutual friend of ours, Sarah, just finished law school. AKA Stanley. Stanley. That's right, Stanley. That's mean, but I, she's still no, Stanley. She's still Stanley on my phone. Yeah. Uh, so Sarah will be joining our game. Uh, she's taking the bar at the same time she's playing with us, but she does bar classes nine to five right down the road at UMKC. So she'll be joining our game as a new player, our new sixth player uh, for number two, which is Desperation Point is coming to an end as we are going to do a whole new game called As Above, So Below. And um, the, so the players around the table are familiar with some of the conceits of it. We actually came up with some ideas last week after the game closed up. But because we have a new player coming on board, because it's a it's, the, it's mid-year, and because we're all be playing in person again, we're going to do something fresh and new. Um, so that will happen... If you're watching this in the future, this happened on June 3rd. On June 3rd is when we start the new game. Um, so I think what we should probably try to do <laughs> on Patreon is get people caught up, get some episodes in the can, and then we're, however we want to handle that. I'll leave it up to Adam and Mike and how we want to do that. But because um, I'm just the, the guy who runs the games. They're the they run the Grim Perilous Patreon that I have no connection with. We just take advantage of the snacks. Thank you, patrons, by the way, for yes. your patronage. It's really appreciated. Um we're going to probably do some sort of big food blowout, of course, because we have <laughs> rations that the team has saved up since last year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so, yeah, thank you, seriously, uh, for supporting uh, All Grown Perilous during um, the pandemic. Uh, really excited to play in person again. Really excited for a new player and a new game. So it's a perfect confluence of events to, to start fresh. So because we're on session 28 of Desperation Point, and before we jump into the standard ritual, roll for coins, roll for initiative, talk about last week, um, I want to uh, actually, no, we should do this within the framework of the game because I want to have an opportunity for us all to talk above board what we want to what we want to try to achieve in the next three game sessions because we literally have three game sessions left until we're in person and make new characters for as above, so below. So let's actually get our coin stuff out of the way. So everybody roll D6 chaos die. I've got one for me. One. Four. <clears throat> Give me a six. Give me a six. Nope, got a four. <laughs> I can like count on K. I've got two. Uh, uh, I thought it was Nick. Fortune. You've got two. You got four fortune. This is actually the first time I've rolled a six in this game. Oh, for that, I should say. Um, so I'm going to put the coins right, right here, right here in the player's handbook. Uh, so 
Uh, with that being done, let's now roll initiative. So Nick is our initiative tracker. We'll pass that to somebody else in the next game. Thank you for your service. Probably messed up a few times, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nine. Or as they say in Missouri. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Oh, let me slide by you. I got 13. There's nothing wrong with that, all right? It's just polite. <laughs> it is. It's Missouri. It's Missouri politeness. Uh, Collinsworth got a 15. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I forgot to say Chauncey 9. And Keegan? 18. 18. Okay. Cool. What's our initiative order look like tonight? Working on it. I'm going to be in the bottom. <laughs> Whoa. Makes God. sense. Being a warrior. Yeah, type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're one of them warrior types, aren't you? <laughs> I'm the muscle mage that Calvin is. Yeah. Brian bonus of what? Uh, I, um, it's only a six, but that's because my brawn belt is a sixty. Mm-hmm. God, your brawn is a sixty. Yeah. <laughs> the the writing brothers are buff. I mean, Adam, you're at a what, Nate? Well, uh, hang on. Let me make sure that is. Uh, well. My score is only a 50. Right, only. Yeah, but uh, I'm at an eight. Right, because he actually works out. I don't. Mm-hmm. This is all natural. So what's our initiative order tonight? Keegan, Osbert, Collinsworth, Calvin, and Chauncey. Way down at the bottom. <laughs> uh, I rolled a two again. Before we, before we jump in, um, real, real quickly, uh, I'm going to pause this real quick. We'll be right back in just one second, y'all. Okay, sorry about that. Y'all need to talk about something off, off camera real quick. So with initiative rolled, we got together last week and played. So what happened last week on session 27 of Desperation Point? Who wants to kick us off? Tim, you were here. <laughs> well, we started, we started off with, with, the, uh, with returning with the eagle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, you got back to camp. Yeah. Oh yeah, Tim's gonna love this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I would say a story, a story about how Calvin some... saved the day. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, it it got bad. Yeah, <laughs> it was probably good that you weren't here, honestly. So <laughs> with you guys. <laughs> all right. So yeah, I only had so many points. We'll just put pull, it that yeah. way. Pulls Aaron for a reason. <laughs> so while Calvin, well, while Collinsworth was trying to get his. Uh, Eagle Calvin was trying to learn a spell, if you remember. Yeah. And the spell's name is Fire's Warmth. Oh, boy. <laughs> which the effect of it is that if you succeed, uh, you and a number of people equal to your willpower bonus um, basically can't be affected by cold weather for like a number of hours, equal to like, it was like six plus my willpower, which is eight, so 14 hours. Mm-hmm. And something great. We can get off this cold mountain, not have a problem with the cold weather. But I roll and I fail. And I'm like, you know what? I got like a 49% chance. Let's go ahead and just try re-rolling it. And I critically fail. And the critical effects in Flames of Freedom uh, are in the spell. So I'll tell you exactly, you know, what it just kind of like Swyhander spells. And so with Fire's Warmth, if you critically fail, you take 2 plus 2d10 peril every hour and for, for the duration of the spell. So we had 2d10 and Dan's rolling like rocks. 
Yeah, of course. And so when you get down to incapacitated due to cold weather, you take frostbite, you know? And so (laughs) now we're suffering from frostbite and uh, uh, Keegan is uh, trying to like treat frostbite um, and it's starting to go bad uh, pretty, pretty quickly, as you can expect 14 rounds of 2d10. You know, for everyone Two except rounds. Osbert. For everyone except for Osbert, because he's immune to the cold effects, <laughs> thanks to his professional trait. Mm-hmm. And so, so I believe Keegan cold. decided to spend three of their determination points, right? Mm-hmm. To basically save yep. the three of us that were, you know, freezing to death, essentially. Because we were dead at six hours. Yeah, it was like six hours, we all would have died. <laughs> I'd, it was yeah. really bad. It was really bad. Yeah, it was it was really yeah. bad. Like we tried things like uh like eating food. Uh I think Keegan even like critically succeeded some one of her treating the um frostbites. So like people were going up, but you would just go right back down. <laughs> like yeah, cuz I had like a 12 or Yeah, I think it was a 12 peril threshold and even then, it's with two d ten. You're still just going down, <laughs> one or two. I did much. lose three toes. Oh yeah, King lost toes. So minus three percent from Bron permanently. From Bron? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? If uh-huh. he would have lost five, would have lost a foot. No, fingers are agility. Toes are it, Bron. Okay, it's all right. I, I think I think karma got me because I ended up cutting my finger. Uh, this last weekend for Mother's Day when I was cooking food. <laughs> so I think they're just like, you know what? You got off too easy. <laughs> Karma got me. So, yeah. So Keegan, uh, so, so Kay um, basically narrates that they find, he finds a way to keep everybody warm and safe inside the tent and just kind of pulls through at the, at the, 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 the last moment. And made, oh, I made Calvin Castigan. Yeah, that's right. Made Calvin Castigan. That's right. Made Calvin Castigan too, but part of the determination because determination allows you to basically take the narrative reins and decide what happens. Right. Okay. So to save the three of them, uh, uh, case sacrificed all three determination. That's now part of the Zero Determination Club. As yeah, to cheer. <laughs> yeah. Is anybody else a Zero Determination set of here? Ask me. I don't think anyone. I was for a while. Nick, I yeah, I was say Nick was. Nick was. Yeah. So, so yeah, so you managed to survive. Way to leave the club. Yeah. yeah. That everyone managed to survive the cold in the middle of crossing Gwarhof, trying to get to Gwarhof, the Horn Society, and then you descend down into the valley. And what happens from there? So we see like a big, like, mass grave or something. Like basically, all the people. All the Aerodane that have like passed through here, like and just didn't make it. Um from the first shore. From the first shore. So like, you know, they had the the learner that could kind of guided them through, and like we just don't. So um Osbert invoked his uh Faustian bargain trait or his draw his uh drawback and uh called upon a dark entity to to help them on our to guide them on our, on their way through the valley so a, a great sacrifice was made on his part yeah because the, 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 he had to bargain with the entity and the entity would not accept what would not accept initially what osbert was offering mm-hmm. 
What did the entity take from him? He took uh, the forked tongue talent. I no longer have that. You never get it again. Yep. That was the that was the bargain. It's lost. Wow. So now Osborne is able to take them toward the first shore, toward Dunmodra, which is the direction you had to head anyhow to eventually get to the Black Hinge, because mm-hmm. we know that Dunmodra sits at the foot of the Andals Bridge, right. which is like the bridge that crosses the massive river between Gorhoth and the first shore where the Arendane landed during the early second age before they even settled Aglador. So you're, so you, so with Osbert knowing the direction to go, they start to head through this really creepy forest for days, days and days and days. It's not cold. Um, it's a little dark and wet, but because they're out of the Horn society and they're not in the, like the frigid climbs, the mountains, you push and you push and you push. And what happens from there? I think uh, we came to a point where we saw a settlement of the uh, picks. That's right. Was, yeah. Wasn't that done, Mudra? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you kind of can't, yeah, you can't, basically the forest turned into a series of low mesas and canyons. So imagine passing through you know, the Appalachian and then making your way down into the equivalent of northern era, northern or southern Colorado. Cold canyons, um, massive mesas. Um, and I believe at the very, very end of our session, you had set your final fire at dusk and you were deciding on how to approach this situation knowing that it's potentially fraught with complication and that's where we're actually going to pick up everybody gets 50 reward points by the way so we will pick up right as the first fire is struck at night and i'll set the you can hear the low rumble of thunder from like a late summer thunderstorm, but there's not a cloud in the sky. There's just this rumbling across the canyons. And the sound seems to be not coming from the sky itself, but the earth. You can almost feel the vibrations beneath your feet at times too. Darkness has settled over your encampment. And although you're not in the mountains and cold as before, it is growing. Not, you are so far north now um, that even in toward the end of summer, it's probably 40-ish degrees out. Fortunately, you're dressed appropriately and equipped appropriately. And the great thing is your quartermaster, um, Keegan, has managed to keep your food stuff. So, so far, you've kept up on your food. Like you haven't expended all your provisions. You're still riding on elk back. Um, and you imagine like if we see the camera pan, if it, this is a movie, we see a camera pan through these thin clouds slowly as it zoom begins to slowly come around an encampment of these shadows of people and the elk standing amid them. The fire kind of fighting back the darkness and the vault of night open before you. This great unknown sky where the mirror is massive and full and visible in all her glory, looming over the horizon of great Mahalm of the world. The camera kind of comes down into everyone standing around the fire. You can see the, the light of the flames across each other's faces. Looking over the horizon, you can see that distant 
mesa, the distant low mountain where you know the history of the of the of the Arendane started. You can see tiny lights twinkling along its edges. You would guess that must be Dunmodra. And beyond that, the mystical bridge that bridges here to the first shore where your people came from. And that's where we start. So there's no way around. I mean, it looks like there is. when we brought the guide. You were there, if you recall, with Anjka, the gray-skinned Pictish woman and the man she had hand-fasted, Dane, the man with the coal beneath of his eyes who had married a Pictish woman. You were also there with, if I'm not mistaken, um, what is her name? Oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, uh, Abigail. Abigail, Abigail, the Abigail Cavendish, the, the, the princess of Dunbrood, who you have, in a sense, not taken hostage, but released from her potential, potentially having to ascend the throne of the, of the twin kingdoms. But you're there. Anjka says, Our roads through the north here eventually end at Dunmodra to the Dundles Bridge. The mountains are impassable on either side. There is no direction to go but that way. Better to go through at night. We were speaking when you were making water, she says. She points toward where you where you just had your maybe your evening constitutional. Um, we were talking about whether or not to simply approach Dunmodra and negotiate or to try to sneak around to the Andal's Bridge. She looks toward the others. <clears throat> One thing that you have learned about this woman. Chauncey, um, is that she is no leader. She is clearly an asset, but when it comes time for decisions, and although you've only traveled with them, only known them for a, a week or so, all eyes turn toward this fool and motley, this uh, this self-styled fane who literally wears the trappings of the beast they have slain or tricked uh, in the north. He wears the cladding of some great northern warrior, but beneath is this moon-faced boy who's clearly Aradane. But somehow they have managed to connive and trick and sneak and fight through the worst of things from the stories they've shared with you along the road. Which all seem to harken true, despite the fact that Osbert tends to uh, clad them all in bullshit. What'd you guys decide? We didn't. Uh, I voiced for going around as much as possible. And I believe Osbert voiced his opinion to go through Dunmore to, to uh I'm not a, you know, now the more that I think about it, Calvin, I'm not totally opposed to your plan. I, we've not. all seen the results of my most recent plans. Uh, so I defer to you. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm not abandoning my own by any means either. In fact, I think we should play by ear. So <laughs> you think that we would be able to successfully negotiate somehow a way to get through? If it came to that. I think, I think the ideal situation is we sneak. And if we get caught, 
then we negotiate. We, you believe that we can negotiate with the picks? <laughs> I believe I do not. that we will take what options we can. Uh, again, known uh, to be able to you talk see, to you people. see that you see that settlement up there. There's Thank no you. way around it. We've got to go through it. We can either do it by subterfuge or chicanery. That's why I was saying, is it easier to get through at night or during the day? <laughs> because I'm telling you, you're not going to negotiate with the picks. Uh, I, and maybe know your your trickster hat that you wear. Gives you some mind-bending abilities, but one does not negotiate with picks. One has fights one tried dies. Uh, in in all the time that I've been in the north, that has been the way. But this is the way. You can try. One does just not walk up to walk into. I was not simply sneak into Dun Modra. I was trying to not yeah. say the line perfectly. Yeah. So. Chauncey no is the bar- no Chauncey's the barber in the situation. He's also going to betray you and we get filled full of arrows at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and take 30 minutes to die. Yeah. <laughs> the extended version has a 45 minute death scene. RIP Shambi. So, yeah, nonetheless, um, all of you don't really, you mean, to, to, to color kind of a, a clearer portrait, and this is not to to change your minds, but I just want to be clear what, about what you understand about Chauncey's past. <clears throat> and Chauncey, this is kind of a, this is, this is a memory that's been firmly cemented into you. Like, this is like a root of your, root of who you are. Uh, the Reddings fought the Picts all throughout the Rovane Girdle. The Picts have never been, uh, Amiable or friendly or willing to negotiate, they are they are true marauders, um, and those who have been in the in the Rovane Girdle and throughout Aglador have been uh, nothing less than aggressive. Um, and you were in the very heart of where the the picks like their life's blood was born from. They were born from they were born literally from the earth you stand upon even before the Aradane came here to this continent of Mahalma, even before they reached the first shore, the place where the Aradane landed in the second age nearly 800 years ago, um, they were born here. That is a part of who you are, though, Chauncey. That is a, that's what I'm saying. I've spent yeah. my entire life fighting them. I don't that's right. that's see right. any path forward, but I'm willing to listen. My choice is to sneak and fight if we must we'll sneak the best we can if, if, if push comes to shove we will negotiate before we fight that sounds fair and wise if someone was sneaking through your house dane says yes. he kind of he wanders forward into the fire's light you could see it dancing off of his pale skin that's tattooed in the coal beneath his eyes and his his uh, shaved head. If someone was sneaking through your house and said, please wait a moment, I did not mean to sneak into your house. Do you think that you would negotiate with them? No. It's one or the other, guys. We sneak, we fight. We negotiate, maybe we don't fight. That's it. That's your, that's your, th- those are your two options. 
I agree with uh, Dane here. I think you can't have it both ways. I, for one, don't believe that we would be able to I don't think we can survive a fight. All right, we'll negotiate then. You feel that Osborne is vacillating very quickly between decisions as you all gain one conflict, right? It's very clear that Osborne is trying to get to, is trying to come to some end without actively making a decision himself, as if perhaps he's racked with an indecision he's not even mentioning. Yeah, just wants to see the world burn. I apologize. I'm not much of a planner. I, I just, I'm, an, I'm a doer. How far is the bridge once we get through? Is the bridge also protected? Ranch can narrow her eyes. The endless bridge is within sight of Dan Modra. Maybe the link of an arrow's flight, she says. And do they protect the bridge? Dan Modra watches the bridge, but they are my people do not cross it. I've been known to negotiate sides before. I'll just state that. At one point, it was my speciality. What is your... What is your gift? What is your... What is our bargaining tool? Why wouldn't they just kill us because we're on their land? But that's that's what you need to that's what you need to understand is well nothing. There happens to be back. people that we don't get along with. There have probably been quite a thorn in their side. Most uh, most notably, there is the Green John, and there is that old saying, you know, the uh, enemy of thine enemy. I think we're fairly far removed from Green John up here. They probably barely know. They probably barely know of him. We haven't heard any. We haven't heard much of anything of the Picts down below the south of the Horn Society. I don't. I don't think they even traffic with him. Well, I don't know much of them, but if they have any, here's I don't here's, know. Here's, here's what I think. They do know these druids. These druids are feuding. Odrig and, and his lot. With uh, what was the other one? Scorn. I can't keep track of the names. Spite. Spite. Yes. A spite. The word is like, like a guttural spit as Dane says it as he, as he on the ground. The word, the word itself seems to really raise his hackles as you say it aloud, as we, if you're invoking a demon. We will tell them the truth. We will tell them that we aim to end this conflict between the Druids. To bring peace to their land, and then we'll be, we will be gone. We don't want to settle. We don't want to linger. We want to get the job done and leave. We'll cross the Andals Bridge where they can't or won't. Wow. That was, uh, Okay, well. It's a better idea than trying to sneak. Yes, and it's a better idea than I think I could have if I sat and thought about it for a week. <laughs> well, 
That's why that's why uh, I'm thing around here. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. It sure is. Abigail cocks an eyebrow. So that means that Keegan, this small, wiry-looking woman dressed head to toe in black plate armor, the thing that you notice about her almost immediately, Chauncey, is that she's that it's emblazoned with the symbol of Balbany's Dawnthor. So you mean that Keegan shall be the mouth of this crew? Shall do the the key the key negotiate. This very mousy woman who barely speaks, the third companion of your group. I trust that Keegan is is quite capable of rising to the occasion. As always. <clears throat> it shouldn't be a reading that speaks. That's what I should say. I, I'm fine with that speaking. And Part- don't, particularly and, you. And don't say your name. The pigs will know your name. Understood. The, the good news is I'm one of the few people here not related. So <laughs> You already have won the pigs over then. <laughs> so the name Redding there is an oath, I su- or I suppose it is in the Book of Grudges among the picks. Yes. So no mentions of the word of the name Redden. Keegan, uh, Abigail inquires, can you tell me, do you think that this is something you would negotiate on your own? I've done so before. If that's you what see- people wish of me, I, I can do so. I, I reckon she can translate for us, right? Anjka says, I can translate the words. They may not speak the same language as you do, but I can translate, she says. Well, I, can I have my skill in understanding people, even if we don't speak the same language as well, so it shouldn't be too difficult. Look, sneaking through is not going to work. There's too many of them. I can tell by looking from here. It's a city. We are not of their... We are not of their people. She will be able to walk through. (laughs) The rest of us will be slow. She she lowers her head and she says... uh, Anjka says, I will... They will know me on sight as a blood phallic. She uses a word that none of you are familiar with. So... Almost as bad as being a ready. She nods. Almost. <laughs> Outside her is what she says. So she's been kicked out of the tribe, and I'll look at her, man. Probably for easily seen reasons. You've <laughs> never seen a picked with ash and gray skin. Let us say that much when you look upon Anjka. Her skin is literally the color of ash. So notice the blue woad, right? No blue woad, just gray ash. But Kevin, you've picks, never right? you've never seen the pics without the woad, right? Uh, she wears none. Well, uh, so it's going to be Keegan and Osbert off to negotiate. Mm-hmm. You know, I can tell. And if I, if I know, I know what they, I know how they think. Uh, uh, 
sorry, my, my apologies, the, the, the willowy woman says, and what if, what if they make a scene to try to murder? We can't just stay back here while the others go forward, Abigail says. Oh, we should go in our numbers. We should not hide ourselves. If we're going to, we're going for open dialogue, we should present ourselves. No physical subterfuge. I mean, I'll be able to help translate. I think, I think I speak their language better than, and I'll look at, what's the uh, one in plate metal? What's her name? Abigail. Abigail. I think it, you probably speak their language. Nay, not know a lick of their tongue. I just I know that they're that. vicious people. That's what I meant. You can always ask, do you speak in my language? And see if they'll hand you a Vegemite sandwich. That's one. That's only one. Cake, cake, tracks. That wasn't even a pun. That was a that was a quote from the song. Really, you're gonna say that's not a pun? What's the difference between using a lyric from a song and saying a pun? A pun is where you use a word in place of different word to have the same but different. So you were using multiple words in place of multiple words to use a different meaning. Yet somehow that doesn't equate out to a pun. I was quoting the song. That's Mm -hmm. what I was doing. Right. Okay. Fine. Half. Yeah. Well, half. (laughs) (laughs) Or you know, perhaps you could call that. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, perhaps you could call that half-baked, then. Do we have one and a half now? I mean, you can definitely consider it. I'm not at work. I don't want to deal with fractions. (laughs) Right? (laughs) If you you truly mean to negotiate, lay your cards on the table, tell them everything, and I'm sorry to say it, may not speak their language but it is going to be we will, we will have to give something to get through be prepared abigail's uh her her face kind of grimaces a bit and just what do we have to give the pecs that they don't can't just take from you sounds like we do have something to give them freedom from the war that they have as long as you can promise that they might just laugh at you, though, that you're going to face the druids. <laughs> perhaps they'll see. They'll, perhaps they'll see that the dru- druids will save them the trouble, them the trouble of killing us. Perhaps. Osbert shrugs. Well, to be fair, even if we take a few of them out on our way out, that helps them. Well, I think I think everything sounds in order, and we're ready to go. Hmm. It's settled then. She will need all of her if your support. That's, that would be my thought. Oh yeah, well, I'll, I'll be there. And, and, and Trickster, the, the Thane of Tricks or whatever you're, you're pursuing here, would not lie to these men. Would not lie to the folk. They do not take kindly to that. As long as they don't find out. The the night night falls and the fire softly begins to die down. Um, all of you need to make a challenging test, uh, challenging resolve test to 
be how well you sleep that night. Where did you sleep last night? I failed with a 69. Oh, nice. 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 So everybody is restored to imperiled, and then you wake up that morning suffering from stress. So you gain three corruption, sorry, three conflict, and also suffer um, another uh, eight peril. 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 Is anyone still hurt? Yes. The storm has subsided. You said it, we wake up at in peril? Yes. Okay. And then you That's suffer additional peril, peril, peril. I'd like to try to make breakfast before we set out. Okay. Uh, your chances will, you? will be challenging today. Okay. We have coins in case you need to use them. Fortune. Fortune token. Nope. 23 will work. Nice. So what happens when they eat the food? Everybody eats. You go back to um, you go back to unhindered. Nice. Uh, and so I'm bringing it up here. Then uh, I believe you can go up one step on the damage condition track. Yeah. All so right. the meal kind of fills your bellies and you feel a bit better than you did the night before when you woke up. Not so, not so uneasy, not so anxious. And um, you then strike out down from this tall hill, descending down into the, uh, into the valley toward Dunmodra. Is there anything you wish to do before you wrap up here at this encampment? Uh, is anyone still in Some sort of... Um, signal to the pigs that we are coming in peace and white flag or whatever the equivalent is in their culture. Uh, I don't think that exists. Punch ticket of Snickers. That isn't she simply says. Alright then. Worth a try. <laughs> Collinsworth, Calvin, Keegan, Chauncey, anything you all wish to do to prepare before you leave? Is anyone else that is still injured? Yes. Hurt. Okay. Then uh, heal, which it's hurt, so that means it's auto succeed, right? Uh, yeah, auto succeed. You go one step. Just spend your bandage. Yep, yep. And I, and I believe that Keegan is like a bandage master now. I think Keegan has like a billion bandages. <laughs> it's something crazy. I know that. No, and actually, the doctor made us a shit ton. I <laughs> lost like six though up on the mountain. Trying to treat yeah. people. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Frostbite. I'm down, I'm down to eight. Kill you. I have a ton of smelling salts. That's what I... I... Actually, I'm, I'm sorry. I have a lacerated shoulder, so... I did uh, surgery on that. Oh, you did? Oh, so I'm in recovery. Okay. You've been in yeah, recovery. it's... Uh, I actually had it written down. Uh-huh. 16 well, you, days to heal. Right. But you don't recuperate when you're traveling. So, one... Actually, you suffered that... Did you suffer that in the mountains? Yes. And then you made camp for one day. Mm-hmm. Then yes. you began to travel, and then you slept here overnight by making camp. So two days recuperation so far. Okay. Yeah, just a quick heads up. Anytime you're in the middle of um, overland travel, you, you do not recuperate from your injuries because right. the road is tough. It is perilous. 
Perilous. Peril. Peril. Confused, but Merle. Merle. Snake. Peril. Metal Gear. Peril. Um. Anything else anybody wishes to do? No. Okay. Well, could you hand me a tincture? If if things go south, I may need it. Right then. Little vial, you slip into your lapel for slip into your little pocket on your jacket. Uh, I also hand you a laudanum just in case. Okay. <clears throat> while, while we're headed towards the uh, Dunn Motor, I'll take a pinch of snuff as well. Mm-hmm. All right. You have your own, or? Yeah, I do. Okay. You snort the snuff. Sports. I forget what that that does, but it does something. um, Yeah. So, uh, snuff, which can be talkie related. (laughs) Yeah, talkie talkie. It is talkie. It is talkie 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 related. related. (laughs) You know, talkie talkie. (laughs) Fellowship, something. I think. It's it's snuff said. It's snuff said. Um, Yeah. So, if you recall um, that. with with snuff, I need to get to our our heel stuff here. I apologize, I don't have it immediately handy. Snuffleupagus, but I I've believe it's it. on. I've got it right here. <laughs> what page? Is... to read it. Uh, yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, two fifty. Oh, cool. Um, Thank you. you immediately gain a ten percent base chance to charm, intimidate, or rumor tests. However, if you suffer from stress, fear, or terror within the next twenty four hours, you must use it again or gain three conflict. <clears throat> charm, yeah. intimidate, what? but it. Only works for an hour, so I would wait. But charm, intimidate, rumor. Okay, I'll, I'll wait till we're closer. Then. You also cannot apply tobacco or snuff to your weapon. <laughs> what? Sprinkle it yeah. <laughs> now you're charming. I stab him. <laughs> yeah. And now that you're stressed out from me stabbing you, you've got 24 hours to do this again. Well, we should get more complex. So uh, it's one time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll go ahead. Drugs, Hard baby! Drugs. Okay. With preparations out of the way, you head toward Dunmodra. The march there is slow, but the first thing that you notice on the approach are these remnants of old burnt out wood forts. No telling how long it's been since they've been not smoldering, but it's clear that this area has been embattled for generations. Old skeletons of horses that have been slaughtered in the field, the skeletons of the dead, broken weapons, shattered shields, broken arrows, Old yew wood bows have been left unstrung. The dead have been left here to rot beneath the sun of Gwarhav. The field is like a blasted open field, just littered as far as your eye can see with remnants of siege engines, an old burnt out wagon, horse bones piled as high as a hill. It's very clear that this place has been a battle for, as Lithuanian mentioned before, generations. And moving amid these, this 
open ossuary for miles, miles and miles of just death fills you with this incredibly deep sense of dread and foreboding. Um, everyone needs to uh, succeed a hard resolve test to withstand fear. Twenty-six. Success. How are you looking, Kay? I succeeded. The thirty-four. Nice. Critical. Critical. Nice. Did you succeed? I failed. Oh, the great thing is, is that although you have not known Chauncey well, Chauncey will be able to lend some of his morale. He'll boost your morale because you crit succeeded this. Mm -hmm. You could succeed to um, withstand uh, to withstand this. You actually withstand horror. You actually managed to help Osbert along. And oh, I failed as well. Oh, who will you? Okay, so that's a better question. So, who will whose morale will you boost, Chauncey? Will it be the leader, Osbert, the negotiator, Keegan? The negotiator. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! It's the first time somebody's talk. assisted Keegan. What the? No. So yeah. So Chauncey. Describe for us what Chauncey looks like. If we were to like see Chauncey like enter stage left in the middle of Game of Thrones, what would he look like to other people? Like, <laughs> uh, well, hold on, I have to take this off here. I forgot how big. I, I'm actually just um an average size, a little on the stocky side. Um, I am fashionably dressed though. Um, I have innocent blue eyes. Um, and hold on here. My writing is terrible, guys. Very long, wavy red hair. And for some bizarre reason, you've never seen him without blood stains all over his clothes. <laughs> his or others. <laughs> you know, uh, what's K? K what? I can't read your Keegan. character's name. Keegan. Keegan. Keegan, come with me. This is not going to hurt you. No one's going to hurt you. You're with me. You're with a Redding. Redding who's fought these, these, these tribesmen his entire life. Mm. We're solid together. The Motley Fool may lead you down a path of idiocy, but I will not. What does Chauncey carry? Like, how is he? Uh, he carries a, a long rifle, a Zweihender. And uh, is it a pistol? No, uh, a razor. All right. Uh, Stiletto? No, we call it. No, we call it the pick. The a picked. A pictus razor. A pictus razor, which is basically a throwing axe. Right. Similar to what Anshka carries. And I'll and I'll kind of pull it out. See this? Just this up with one of their one of their chief warriors. This will be what I give them. This is what I give them back. Not at first. At least let me try to talk to them before you decide to give back things. Everybody will have to give something. Make sure your choice is something that means something to you. Or to them. An intriguing concept as you're passing by the bones of the dead. 
Chauncey has certainly fought these picks for many, many years of his life. And those stories are known to the Reddings. Perhaps even in the smaller moments, Keegan, when the Reddings are simply sharing casual stories of their family, as they're ought to do around the fire, you've probably heard of Chauncey. He is in some ways legendary, or legend, wait for it, dairy, in, uh, <laughs> in their family stories. But um, he seems to be every bit of the, of, the, of the legend that was told before you. He does not flinch in the face of this, and perhaps in his in him being there, of course, you kind of bolsters your morale. <clears throat> but he would know the picks best, and perhaps everybody else around the group also hears him say this. What did you say about what must be given? Something that means something to you, something that will mean something to them. I will give back the Pictish raisin. Anshka kind of nods as if perhaps uh, Chauncey has knowledge of the picks that only she would have. Rituals, whatever, cultural values. Should mean something, no matter what. And you may think you can fool them, but you won't. As you emerge around this the 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 remnants of what looks like <laughs> yeah just not that <laughs> i can't <obviously. laughs> you you kind of round this this the remnants of this huge siege engine um that um that uh has been graffitied in eridane Coincidentally, in, in in old all, I should say, and it says the inglorious bastard upon the side of the of the of the siege engine. And as you come round the way, a massive wooden fortification that runs the entirety of the hill up this switchback back and forth lined with a gravel road and broken rock and a village has been decimated completely pounded with stone and arrow and war not a soul to be seen save for these buzzards kind of careening overhead as if something has died recently the smell is apparent in the air you can see a few fires smoldering in the castle keep that looms over it, threatening to collapse beneath flames. Flames that have been dying in likely the rain that welcomed you when you first came down from the mountainside. Dunmodra has been besieged. Hmm. This is interesting. This is not what I was expecting. Do we? Can we tell by whom? And can we look at the uh, arms and armor, see if we find any signs or sigils or banners? Yeah. So you you begin to wander the fields looking for dead soldiers of the Eridane, but you spy no broken plate armor, no shattered shields with the symbols of houses painted upon it. The Sinjin you saw before was has been here probably for a very long time. Without actually going into the city, it's hard to really say, for there appears to be no banners burning in the field. In fact, there are no horse droppings, 
There are no campfire remnants. There are no staked up tents. It's like there was no one on the outside to, to make this happen. There's nobody on the outside of the, of the city to besiege it. Uh, can we see the buildings at all from here? Yeah, you can see the, the, what would serve as the city, which is nothing more than a rough township surrounding the foot of this huge mesa. Um, you're probably a good 200 or so yards out still at this point. But um, yeah, you can see into it. Or from, you can see it from here. Mm-hmm. Um, smoke. Do the buildings look densely, um, you know, like put together? Yes, it's very clear that um, generation after generation of the Pictish folk have built up on top of buildings, have built on top of buildings, but in fact, uh, you find that a lot of these of these homes are not one-story waddle and daub affairs as you would expect to see, say, in Dalriada near Stonehold, but instead they appear to be these teetering towers, these layer cakes of wood and stone and clay that have been built up the side of the mesa. And you can see all manner of like thick timber and frameworks and ropes and pulleys that would be used to ascend or descend from the mesa at various points within Dunmodra. We see no sentries at this point. No one. You see no one in the fields around, no people in the city from here. No, not, you don't hear the sound of horses. You don't hear the sound of the thing you could hear is the sounds of the, of the carrion birds overhead. And that's when you see like one of the eagles, Kite. Kite and what's the name of the other eagle? Your eagle, Collinsworth? Uh, Susie. Susie, yeah. Kite and uh, Susie, these two snow-crowned eagles <clears throat> snatch these huge buzzards out of the air and they bring them to the ground and start tearing apart their flesh easy pickings for the for these snow-capped eagles. Oh, I, I don't necessarily have to worry about feeding Susie Durkins anytime soon. We saw the fires last night. I'm, I'm not wrong, right? Everyone saw the fires. I really wasn't paying attention. Fires. But, but, in the city. That's why we didn't go. There was so many fires. Perhaps it... it burned from the inside. Let's not question it. Do we just, believe there's just a civil good. war? Okay. Let's just keep moving. Okay. All right, sir thing. Will you head into the city? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's already the plan. <laughs> <laughs> Curiously, you don't hear the rumbling from the night before. You don't feel it beneath foot. And the bits of broken cobbled rock and gravel beneath your feet, the chippings of shale and the mesa that's been pulverized and turned into these earthen roads that wind its way through this settlement of chaotic nature. Um, the way that the buildings join a junk with these strange bits of timber crisscrossing over one another, looking more like the skeleton of some great beast that maybe used to be here. But instead, it is the, it is the village itself. It's been so constructed in a haphazard, lazy, and lazy way. You make your way through, and there's no one to be found. 
the gates of Dunmoger are completely open. Well, at least these gates will be easier to pass than the previous ones. Yes, but what did this? Who did this? I don't care. Yes, you may not care. You may run into it. <laughs> We've been lucky thus far. We're destined to get this done. Fate, yes. is on, fate is on our side. Destiny and fate is full hearted. I've trusted it thus far. And look at, look at where it's got me as I spread my arms, circling around, motioning to everything around me. Yes. You are mad. <laughs> I won't argue with you there. <laughs> well, uh, I'll follow your lead. Track of what is happening, no? She's wide eyes, all of you are. Okay, if I see her looking that way, then yeah, I, just, I wouldn't even ask, then I'll just. Which, what's the best way to get to the city? She points through the gates. Onward and upward, then. The Jarl of the Pectish will be on beyond those gates. If his thanes were still alive, we have met them by now with axe and shield. Yes. She seems bewildered by all of this. Her husband, Dane, is completely... It looks like he's been flat-footed. He's not even sure how to win the make of this. He's very, very nervous. Abigail is looking about with intense curiosity. Egan sighs and starts taking off some of his fancier clothes he wears to try to look nice for negotiations, and then he pulls out his sling and he loads it. And sighs again. <laughs> yeah, we'll be ready for anything. Even if there's people left, it might just be the worst type. The Moonstruck Pelagane that infected this world in many ways. Perhaps it infected it up here, too. We're only in times. Perhaps it affected them more than down south. Hard to say. Hey, I don't know if we should be... I mean, I see Keegan's point, but I'm not sure if we should be wandering with weapons drawn just because, well... I think anyone seeing such sights as we see now would be on their guard. Perhaps they would hold it against us. Uh, something strikes me as the type that they'll hold everything against us. Well, drawing weapons won't make any difference then. Ah, yeah, fair point. <laughs> <laughs> and well made. All right. So, final preparations you wish to make for walking through the gates? <laughs> No? No? Okay. All right. You begin your you begin your your procession in beyond the gates of Dun Modra, where perhaps no Aradane man or woman has stepped 
and God knows how long. Is it thousands at this point? No. Um, if you from the old stories, you knew that when the Aridane came from beyond the Andals Bridge, when they came from a place called the First Shore, they had to fight their way through Gwarhoth. The first place they came to, what would be dubbed as the Andals Bridge, when their when the great general Andal was um, was killed by one of the Pictish kings. Um, and they fought their way south through Warhoth until coming to the pass through the pass through the Horn Society. You may be the very first heritage to step foot in here, for all you know. You proceed beyond the gates and you head into this open, this open bailey, uh, for lack of a better term, and uh, you see no one, no bodies, no remnants of people being here. It's clear that tasks have been abandoned. It's clear that uh, people were here at some point, but you don't see any bodies. Um, but what you can see is uh, the remnants of these wooden, of these metal sconces at the top of the, the walls that uh, are smoldering uh, with the morning with the morning light. Um, clearly they were lit the night before, the fires you saw along the wall to the exterior of this gate. And then you come into this equivalent of a large vaulted open wooden hall. And the center of the hall is exposed to the sky. Um, you can see the light of morning kind of pouring down over it. And in the midst of it is this long pit where a fire would burn. Around it, tables, chairs, the trappings of what would be the, you imagine the hall of a Jarl, if you were to read the Penny Dreadfuls in the South, it would resemble that. It's also, it's also sudden. Seems like it just happened overnight. If I had to guess. Anyone else? Besides some... myself, feeling a bit like uh, our entry into Stonehold? You know, I, I didn't Probably think of it until now. I'd imagine. That's the only thing that I could explain. I mean, we thought there were people that uh, inhabited it, but it happened to be, as I look over to Abigail, uh, just one person. Who knows how many remain here? Wouldn't be the first lot of ghosts we chased off. Exactly. Well, but we're not intending to chase off anyone. Be prepared for scavengers. Make our way through them. The worst type. As you begin to come further within, uh, almost immediately, Calvin, uh, you feel these pinpricks in the back of the insides of your hands. Something is, something dark dwells within here that is literally just seething with sorcery or magic. Um, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to, if you were done describing, I was going to relay that information to everyone else. Like, um, I, hmm. There's a disturbance in the force. Uh, I mean, um, I, sent, I sense great evil. Something, something foul and afoot has happened here. We should, we should definitely be wary. Something's not right. As you <clears throat> walk into this hall <clears throat> with Calvin's warning. That's 
when you see the source, Calvin, almost immediately, beyond the fire pit that has not burned for some number of days, and where the throne, so to speak, of the Jarl would be, <clears throat> you see what at first appears to be some sort of strange shape resting inside of the the wooden or the stone throne but from the ceiling you can see these thick vines with these broad leaves of trees that would not grow anywhere near here and they all seem to dangle like a dense jungle and adjoin the throne, whereupon it you can see what best would be described as a man. But his skin is gnarled like the bark of trees. Mm. Around his neck, he wears a single bronze torque and is completely nude, save for leaves that are strategically placed around um, private parts, as much you could say. Naughty bits. Yeah, is not literally in Naughty bits. K-N-O-T-T-Y bits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's clear, yeah, it is naughty bits too. So it's not safe for work? <laughs> K-N-O-T safe for work, that's right. Uh, and upon your approach, you see that the, 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 the branches seem to almost part as hmm. this person kind of almost spills forward upon hands and knees and lifts himself up off the ground and his flesh turns pink and is covered head to toe in tattoos. Not a spot of skin can be seen without some strange runic symbol, uh, concentric circles, odd geometry upon his arms um, as he comes forward. And this, this person, Calvin, is just literally seething with deep powerful magic so the this was the person who was covered in wood and now that's right so so being covered in wood it was all for naught Mm -hmm. that's four (laughs) so it's clear that we're about to enter a social intrigue event at this point um we need to so uh, with that being said, um, let's uh, let's take a pause. Let's talk about let's talk about what social interaction looks like in Flames of Freedom, our first big social interaction situation. Um, so first off, let's take stock of who's going to participate. Who wants to be involved in this interaction? I will. I, w- I was told as a reading to keep my mouth shut. So. Same. Thanks. Different, different. That doesn't mean doesn't mean you can jump. You can't jump in. You can still anyway. talk. <laughs> don't say your last name. Ah, yes. Well, then I mean, I will join. Because I I can see Calvin like kind of being spooked by the situation, mm-hmm. like not really being paying attention to the words that are being spoken, but trying to like pay attention to the magic that's in the room. Like that. That's kind of his focus. I don't know if that means I'm included in the social intrigue or not. What do you guys think? Hey, what do you all think? I mean, you could observe. It's up to you. Speak, right? It's up to you. I mean, you could use folklore, right, to do what you're talking about. Would that be? I mean, because incantation is not a social intrigue, right? Item, right? No. And that's essentially what I'd be using to try to figure out what's going on here. 
Mm-hmm. So I would say while you guys are talking, like Calvin is mumbling to himself as he's trying to figure out what's going on here. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So it sounds like Collinsworth, Keegan, Chauncey, and Osbert will participate. Mm-hmm. So Collinsworth, <clears throat> Keegan, Chauncey, Osbert. Okay. Uh, so now that we kind of know uh, who's going to, to, to be part of the interaction. Um, we need to uh, determine uh, what do you intend to gain here? This is all above board. And, and Mike, you can participate in this part, by the way. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. So what do you all intend to gain here? Passage through. Yeah. Safe passage. I want to learn what this guy's name is because I'm curious if it's Spike. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I'm curious as to just what happened. Yeah. I mean, to figure out kind of what's happened here, I mean, our ultimate goal is to get through, right, to the Andelsbrig to find Otrig, right? So, information about Otrig. Yeah, I guess information about Otrig, yeah. Mm, I mean, that's truly what we need, right? Because yeah. theoretically, Otrig would have come through here, right? He would have had to. I think secondary is what the hell happened. And, I mean, yeah. Now uh, you said we don't care about that, so I mean, I mean, it's uh, for curiosity's sake, maybe. But like, is it really relevant to to our goals? No, it's not relevant. No, it's just that Collinsworth is curious. It's <laughs> but if there's a threat that could be threatening us later on because of what happened here, it'd be nice to know. That, uh, uh, that's a good point. Nah. We'll worry about that handle when we cross it. That's the way I do. That's the way you do, but you're not the only participant. Right. To be yeah. clear. right. I know. I mean, yeah. That's I, why I'm trying to convince everyone. I, I think, yeah, we, we need to stick to, you know, the, just because of the meme, the quest we're on. Yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, quest. Let's quest. I mean, but yeah, we need to figure that out. But yeah, what happened here? And you know, we need to worry about this at Stonehold. We need to worry about this. Yeah, I mean, seriously. I think Keegan's got the best point. Will this? Will this come to bite us? Yeah. Is this some? Is this a? Is this, a, is this future scape? Um, or. <laughs> Also, I'd like to know if this matches what Chauncey was held up in. This mm. tree plant thing that this guy's wrapped up in <laughs> seems similar to what Chauncey was in. Yeah. Good. good. That's a, yeah, that's, that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. You've convinced me. We need to know of this danger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do as you wish. It's just parallels, you know. Is there uh, anything else that you want to gain in the midst of this conversation with this mysterious individual? Uh, not death. I mean, I mean, not death. <laughs> I think that's pretty, pretty simple. That's pretty that's implicit. With pretty, pretty, pretty simple. much any uh, <laughs> not death. Uh, you know, negotiation. <laughs> oh, there's far worse things, though. Actually, it brings us a good point. Like. Uh, what's at risk? What's at stake? Death. Death. 
Yeah, uh, death is easy, though. <laughs> oh. What is at stake? That we can't get through. Lots of death. They don't prevent us. <laughs> this creature doesn't pre- pre- prevent us from moving forward. Mm-hmm. This, this man that was a tree that is back to being a man. Um, I mean, they could attack Stonehold. Yes. They could give it, he could give us false information mm-hmm. um, that would lead us astray. They could find out Otrig is actually worth something and so use him in some way. And could they find out or, Princess Buttercup? As you wish. That's true, yeah. Yeah, you could find out about because I don't know, I don't know what Princess Buttercup's name actually is, but Abigail. Abigail. In chains. Abigail. No longer in chains. <laughs> yeah, she used to be Abigail in Dungeon for a little while. Mm-hmm. So Abigail, the one that's in the plate armor. Mm-hmm. Abigail plate armor. <laughs> ah. I am now finally putting those two people together as the same. Who's that? I'm sorry. <laughs> Abigail being the princess and Abigail being the one in the chain. Yeah. The- yeah. <laughs> but when he first introduced us to her, he called her Abigail in Chains, and we thought that was her name for quite a while. Yep. It's a soup stained prophet all over again. Yeah. Yep. Soup, soup stained, stained prophet. Yeah, and you know, many, many references came out. You know, like referencing an angry chair. Yeah, yeah. You know, she was the one in the box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She also <laughs> stole everything from you all the night that you met her in Stone. Yes, yeah. she did. <laughs> she got. She managed to escape you for God's what twenty something sessions. Mm-hmm. Carrying like all the meat, the plate armor, mm-hmm. and s- somehow still managed to outrun us. Yeah, she's a tricky, she's y'all a slippy failed, one. Y'all failed your chase scene, mm-hmm. you recall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're chasing you over leagues and never could catch up with her and got stuck in a cave and almost consumed by a mountain lion <laughs> and it snowed him in. Yeah, you yeah, took, you took four left turns. Let's be clear. Her what she achieved was not like a, a feat of, of legendary acclaim. It was a it was a terrible sequence of roles that have resulted in losing her trail. Sequence of monumental fuck ups is what you're saying. <laughs> you spent all your coins. Yep. <laughs> so um, it, what what else what else is at, at stake here to get back on track? Like what's at stake beyond death? And the princess that uh, Otrig is the we we know Otrig's value that we give away the value, and then he just doesn't let us through, and we have to resort to violence, which is probably not going to go well for us. Uh, he he could find out we're Reddings. That could be also. I don't I don't. As far as I know, the druids don't hate us, but you know, I think there's some. I don't, I don't know what you guys have done up here. I think there's some mystery. Um. Things at stake too that we can't even anticipate, just because we know nothing about what this thing is, right? Or what happened, or if they it caused it. Mm-hmm. He could so be they, really mad that we killed his brother, the dude with the birds. So we, we we should be really careful about what we say, because it may give away something that we don't intend to. So you think you need to kind of guard your. For goals, like, I think I think we need to guard superfluous information to this situation. 
like last names and stuff like that. Even more so than before what we thought. My name is Sword. <laughs> My name is Brian. My name is Brian. This is Dave. This is Dave. And that's that's Roger over there. Roger. And we're, we're all good. We're we're just we're just moseying through. Just moseying yeah. through. And this douchebag's name is Braden. Yeah. My <laughs> name my name is Jesse. What's your last name? Uh, Fire Eyes? Fire Eyes. Justice Nevermore. <laughs> Jesse Fire Eyes and Zile. That's <laughs> uh, okay, so if there's nothing else that you feel is at stake, uh, starting first with Collinsworth, what social tactic do you think you'll use to achieve all of these goals? Will you use bargain, charm, guile, interrogation, intimidate, leadership, or rumor? I think Collinsworth is mainly going to hold back until um, it comes to things that we may not want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for instance, you know, what's yeah. that guy doing, you know, with Calvin mumbling to himself or, you know, if he is like, tell me about yourself and he's trying to figure out our surnames or whatnot, he will um, try and like deflect some of the conversation using guile. Nice. That's probably smart. I like that approach. It's a good justification, by the way. Um, so we move next to Keegan. Um, so what the first do you think will work best in this situation to achieve your goals? Uh, probably not best, but it's what Keegan's best at. So he's going to try to be charming um, because we came in stating that we were going to be truthful to these people and and try to work <laughs> out a truce with them and Keegan didn't get the note that uh, that's not where we're going so much anymore, maybe. So charm. Okay. Uh, so Chance, we move next to you. Uh, so remember, with your social tactics, you can choose bargain, charm, guile, interrogation, intimidate, leadership, or rumor. You can't use warfare and replace a no. uh, leadership anymore. Okay. Uh, then I will do... Uh, I will do leadership. Leadership. Okay. How do you think that will contribute to this uh, conversation when you choose a social tactic, just to help under to help me understand like what you're trying, how you're going to achieve this? Uh, I think intimidate would be a terrible idea since we don't know exactly what this person is. Mm-hmm. So I think trying to understand what has happened here um, and trying to get us through what or to our next stage. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm going to try and uh, I don't know how to even use leadership in this area. So Be it, like guide uh, the conversation. It, yeah. yeah, I don't know though. I mean, lead by being a problem solver. Like sure. Yeah, we can come back to you. Let's move to Osbert. We'll come back to Chauncey in a moment. I think Osbert's going to use bargain. He's going to kind of stick to his tack and say that you know, um, he's going to assume that whatever this entity is is not wanting war i mean it looked like it was trapped and uh perhaps these druids are going to come in here and pass through and do harm to it so Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know continuing to let us pass through so we can resolve this conflict Mm -hmm. okay what do you think chauncey we're back to you shit balls (laughs) I haven't had to think like this in a long time. Guys. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since Tim's played, it really has. Um, you can back up everybody and mm, ensure that none of us are in over our head. 
Yeah, that's probably a good idea. I mean, that's kind of what I've been doing so far. I'll reinforce everybody as as needed. With leadership? Yeah. Okay. So uh, here is the uh, here's the rub. Uh, I got bad news. You're in a very bad situation, and you don't share the same allegiances that this person does. <clears throat> so starting with Collinsworth, I need an arduous guile test. <laughs> Okay, Arduous will be 32. And a 12 will succeed. Nice. <laughs> okay, that's good. Wow, okay. So let's move next to Keegan. Keegan, I'm going to need an Arduous charm test from you. Okay, uh, so I have Silver Tongue. I assume he's a different social class than myself. Yes. Okay, so that gives me a plus 20 to my charm. Uh, and then I also have Meeting of the Minds, which gives me a plus 10 when I am attempting to bring a compromise between two extremes. Oh, yeah. Stack those bonuses. So that puts me at plus 30. Standard. Yeah. Treat as standard. Uh, and then I was told to walk in and do this. So as I am told, I will take an extra assist die. Nice. Uh, be sure to take your um, be sure Corruption. to take six, your six conflict. Uh, Is and it your six? Assist. Sorry, three. My apologies. Three. I was gonna say, wait, hold up. <laughs> like that got a lot more expensive. Okay. Um, assist die monster. She can like, he can contribute three assist dice to skill test. He does it right. Okay. Uh, so that puts me to sixty. It's true. Extra. Day. If I was drunk, this would actually be a seventy percent chance, but I'm not. So we're gonna go with sixty. All right. Okay. So. My first roll is a 55, crit success. which is a crit success. I don't think I need to roll again. You do, because you need to assume, you need to roll all your dice and assume uh, the worst. If you have a crit failure, crit success, they wipe each other out if you go to your next die type. Yeah, well, it'd be two tens, though, wouldn't it? What's that? Right. So this die would be two tens. I can't critical get a critical fail at that fail. point. Right? But go ahead and roll anyway. Yeah, roll. On, she can only fail. Uh, yeah. A one and a three. So yes. I'll keep the 55. Nice. <laughs> nice. So basically that means instead of the disposition, which I know it is behind the scenes, is actually treated as the best disposition, uh, which is great. <laughs> okay. That brings us next to Chauncey. Chauncey, you're going to make an arduous leadership test. <laughs> yeah. We'll uh, be right back. Sure. I got up. 15% chance. I can't assist anybody, right? No. I'm in the conversation myself. You got, got points. points if you need to reroll, remember. Yeah. With a 15% chance? I mean, it's true. My chance is. I said, I'm okay. just going to go. You just got to take, take the, the fail, not the critical failure. So I don't wipe out all these good successes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So finally, that brings us to. Osbert. Osbert, I need an arduous bargain test. So, uh, Osbert has people person, which says you can influence any number of people who can see and hear you clearly with fellowship-based skill tests. Ignore any penalties to said test due to differences in allegiances. Nice. So, you'll have the same allegiance. So, instead, it is a challenging skill test instead. Uh, I also have foolish endeavors. Whenever you rush into a situation without proper planning, you gain <laughs> plus 10 to succeed at skill tests during that situation. Nice. However, for every failed skill test, you suffer stress. Nice. 
That's right. Foolish endeavors is your affliction, right? Yes, that's a affliction. See what is challenging? You said it was challenging. That's right. Be sure to to gain your three conflict for taking advantage of your foolish endeavors. Afflictions are what disorders became in Flames of Freedom. Uh, it's a it's it's a it's a trauma, but also has a source of strength from it. So you kind of buttress yourself against. The, oh yeah, I probably should have read what as I'm told is so that you know. <laughs> yeah, you want to read it aloud real quick before sure. you. Go? Uh, you gain an assist die whenever you are told what to do by another in character. However, you cannot take advantage of coins to fulfill your own self interests. Oh, okay. That's yeah, he can never use coins to help himself. Only to help others. Only to help others, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Keegan's kind of a martyr. <laughs> he mart- has a martyr complex and is a buff monster, by the way. Mm-hmm. Skill, skill buffer. Okay, so uh, go ahead and roll Osbert for so your. My chance uh, is 45, and then it goes up to 55 with the Foolish Endeavors, and nice. then back down to 45 with Challenging. Cool. You have the snuff, too. And I have the snuff, yeah. That's right. That gives me. 55. Plus- so 55. Wow, that's nice. Not, that's not, not bad. bad. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, I'm gonna re-roll. Okay, I'll take that coin. Thank you. One hundred percent. Nice. It is what they call in Blackbirds a sublime failure when you roll double zeros or zero ones. Zero ones. Sublime success. It's a sublime failure. I look down and with my bad eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah so it's not only is it uh bad um you also uh suffer perils result yeah i'm probably gonna roll high like i always do uh thir- uh sorry 13 peril All right not as bad as it could have been. yeah not 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 as bad as it was uh if i'm not mistaken um keegan you crit succeeded Mm-hmm. The great thing about a crit success on a social tactics check is actually lose one coin back in the player pool. So, um, and uh, you gained really bad stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah. It, oh, disgusting. Okay. So, now that, that I have re- secretly recorded a series of attitudes that this person will employ during the interaction. So, I also feel stressed from feeling with the foolish endeavors. Oh, so, you sure do. So, yeah, it says me, three give conflict. Me give me some more. Give me some more. Oh, ten <laughs> stress. Ten peril and three conflict. Please, okay. give me some more. Hey, give me some more. Um, oh, go. I, I hate to throw on top of that, but snuff, remember if you suffer from stress, um, you have to take it again. Otherwise, there's a side I'll take it again. Yeah, so another three conflict. Yeah. <laughs> another three or just one? Three. Okay. Oh, sorry, no one. My apologies. Yeah, I was gonna say it's one for taking notes. Uh, could we take just like two to three minutes of a break? Yeah, let's take yeah. a quick break here, and we will resume for our listeners and viewers. We'll be back in just one second. All right. So we turn toward back into this just this clearly besieged. Castle keep done, Modra. Knowing you may be very well the first Herodian people to ever step foot in here in history. And this figure kind of rises from the vines and trees that kind of encased him as he steps away from the throne and he walks toward you, uh, covered head to toe in geometric. 
tattoos, the likes of which you've never seen. They don't seem to be runic. They just seem to be geometric, like these circles upon circles upon circles upon circles, squares upon squares upon, almost like if you imagine like um, a very polyhedral kind of looking tattoos that interlink all over his body, save for his face. And he has this very alien look to him. These eyes are set just a little bit too far apart. This face is just a little bit too narrow. These ears that are just kind of sharp upon their ends or upon the, the tips of them. And his hair is very sparse and it's the, the color of um, filigree and armor, the color of silver, like just silver. And it seems to hang up on his shoulders, but he's otherwise hairless. What do you say? All eyes on Keegan. Yeah, I was like, Keegan, you're the, the negotiator. <laughs> uh, so Keegan looks back and forth between everybody for a moment because this is not what he was expecting, but um, just nods and he step for, steps forward for a moment and uh, he, he looks at the man ahead of him and um, who do I have the pleasure of speaking with? He... Uh... He does not move his lips, but all of you can hear the voice of nine. Nine people, you hear the voice inside your head. And he, and, and, and although his lips do not move, you hear from this strange individual. Um, he says, uh, we are called Ankeel of the Nine. You can hear immediately Anchka whispers the word Siabra. That's what I was thinking too. Like almost like a like a hiss <clears throat> from her lips. But the Siabran before you does not seem to move theirs. And uh So we heard these words in Alg? You heard them in whatever language is native to you. Okay. So if Ald is your native tongue, you'd hear that. You imagine mm -hmm. like if you were to, if you were Anchka in this case, you would hear it in Pictish. Or if you were Dane, you would hear it in Dunish. Or sorry, if you were, my apologies. If you're Dane, you'd hear uh, Ald as well, because he's Ald. But if you were, um, if you're Abigail, you'd hear it in Dunish. So yes. And uh, the state of this place that we see before us, um, would that have been your doing? It is of our doing, you hear the cacophony say. You now know that this one is referred to as a keel. K-H-E-E-L. And keel? And keel. And keel. Well, as one might guess, this is not necessarily our place of residence. So might I ask what encouraged this particular behavior? The Thanes of Dunmotra have violated the Bruduidian. We have come to exact our, to, to take, to exact our revenge is what the words seem to translate roughly to. Although when you hear the word revenge, it's almost like static on a radio. The word doesn't quite make sense to you, but the best way, the best way for you to interpret it is revenge. The words are very strange. It don't even sound like words at all. They are what we may imagine as like the sound of wavelength. Like they, this. They, they broke the what? He, uh, 
or Ankeel repeats, they broke the brood witty in the path of dreaming. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure I understand what that is. <laughs> What's that? I'm sorry, Collinsworth. I'm not sure I understand what that is. <clears throat> the treaty at the Druids has been broken. Ankeel and the others say in your heads. The lips of this person still not moving, but you can hear the shaking and shambling of trees as if wind was in here. Like you hear like the soft movement of wind among the branches. You can hear that sound within this chamber. It's otherworldly. So the druids and the folk are at war. Spite has crossed the river. And there's still no worldwide known as the folk, right? Or is that still... It's one of the words that are used yeah. for them, yeah. Yeah, okay. The folk is the, the, the colloquial term of the Dunish. Yeah, yeah that too, but... Yeah. Dun Dunman is the pejorative term. Yeah. <laughs> like, people who live in the hills! Um, Did they pass the bridge? The the the, the Siabran on heel nods, nods his head and then they say spite has crossed the river. Spite has crossed the Andal's Bridge. This is the last stand. Wow. Seems like we're in luck. We're in pursuit of spite. It, the Siobran's eyes kind of pass among you and then they, they hone in on Calvin. And and as he looks as he looks toward Calvin, Calvin, you hear words in your head uh, that say you are not a druid, but you practice our ways. So it's a uh, it's uh, been quite a, a lovely trip out here, uh, except for all that uh, fire. I um, it reminds me of a time when I was back at home, as I start you know going into and trying to. Uh, you know, move his attention back away. There was this lovely person named um, Andriel, and just uh, we went. We had some food out on the on the river, and um, the roast mutton. It was just so so nice. As I uh, start really just trying to gain their attention. Yeah, um, it's clear that the Siavran is is nodding to be polite. Like it's clear that. He is, or they are, I should say, they are uh, trying to listen to your story, but they keep getting distracted by Calvin's presence. You can see it, Caldwell, even though you're standing in front of your brother, um, the Siobran's dead eyes are looking directly almost through Calvin, these pupilless silver globes that would serve as the Siobran's eyes. You know, I'll, I'll keep trying you know until until someone else is ready i'll keep trying to do that kind of like a you know even though i'm not very good at doing it i'm kind of like uh james spader in the blacklist where somebody's yeah. trying to do something and he'll keep interrupting them and yeah that's good that's good yeah so uh all right you you mentioned that spite has now crossed uh so what are your plans to do with this information are you going to go after him system I, I don't quite understand we have 
brought his soldiers to their knees. And as he says this, you suspect, or this now kind of connects the dots. Like it's clear that um, despite the spite is Pictish, yes. And that, um, and that Ankiel has brought the soul, have brought the soldiers to their knees. So he broke them. He went across the bridge. This is who we are searching for. This, this man is uh, our past aligned. The, it's this Ankiel nods and says, Spite <clears throat> seeks to control all of Dunbrood. And when he says the word Dunbrood, like this is not a term you've heard in a very long time. Dunbrood is an old Dunish term that means the eastern country of Dalariata, where Stonehold is, and the western country of Hivernia once were one country. Uh, and it was called Dunbrood. It was once called the Emerald, the Twin Emerald Kingdoms. The old flags had two stallions rising on either side of the standard. It's the image that immediately comes to all your minds, almost as if he says these words, they form a pictograph of immediate memory within your head. How does he intend to form a dream speaking that he's that, that Ankiel is using? And how does he intend to do that? He seeks to unify with <clears throat> sorry, one second. I gotta find something real quick. Oh my god, I'm in this head. Uh, wow. Uh, I'm going real deep here, y'all. Forgive me. Um, I'm I'm almost there, I promise. Um, what is the name of the Siobran witch at uh Salamander? Yeah, so, that's right. Okay, here we go. Okay, sorry. He seeks to he seeks to bring unity with Salamandra to control the West and the East through the bloodline. We've already weakened Salamandra. We've we've attacked her forces and we intend to to bring her down in due time. Salamandra is for Unkeel uh, says. You hear the cacophony of nine in your head. Or what? They are four, she says. So perhaps she's expecting you to understand it. And, and if I remember right, she had three sisters. We took three of them out. Ankiel seems struck by this knowledge, like as if perhaps Ankiel did not know this. We burnt them. They're dead. Was that the four you meant? Ankiel kind of pauses for a moment you could see this almost human-like pensive look wash across his face and the cacophony says if you have brought the three sisters low then only salamandra remains and is weak salamandra has many great forces in sundown hill so is she only one now Unkeeled. Right, well, yes. sorry, go ahead. Well, we obviously can go after Salamandra, but at this time we're closer to Spite, and there's something we need across the bridge as well. <clears throat> Unkeeled pauses. 
there is a great war. The Druids have been riven for centuries between those to the east of the Horn Society and those of the west. Spite is now many, uh, Ankiel says. We don't know how many, but spite is many. We are but nine. The circle of Cavendish has sought the bloodline of the king of old. The only way to stop this oncoming war is to bring the countries back together, to bring the union forth. You're, you seek spite, but I don't think that you understand that spite is now many. There is not one, but all. The word all doesn't really make a lot of sense to you when Ankiel and or when they say it in your mind. How many is all unknown? You were nine. Is, you, is it 20? 30? Ankiel has the strength of the Andals beyond the bridge. Andals beyond the bridge? There's still Andals beyond the bridge? Uh, Ankiel not. Or shrugs. <clears throat> I don't know. What are you looking at me for? <laughs> I was more looking around than anything. I didn't know there was Andals this far north. Is that why? Is that why the picks won't cross the bridge still? Ankiel nods. And that's why the peace has been broken. Ankiel nods once again. <laughs> Passing the ball, <laughs> let's see. This is why Utrecht passed through, I imagine, to stop him. Did you see another druid come this way? The old man of the woods. Yes. We have seen the Willow Walker. We have seen him in the Brood Whittingham. We have seen him in the path, the path of dreaming. But we have not seen him. He says, motioning with his hand to his face and motioning outward as if, and what Keegan, you'd immediately interpret as, we have not seen them here in the physical world. Mm. <clears throat> but when he says the word brood witty and in the, in the path of dreaming, it just seems to echo something dark and sorcerous. And none of you have any inclination to understand, say for perhaps Calvin. Right. Couldn't, you couldn't say, say where he is in particular. On Keel, they... Ankiel shakes his head and they say no. Would uh, would the entity known as Spite be after him at this point? There is a pause. Spite has already left Guarhov. He's back in the kingdoms. Ankiel shakes his head, but they say they have went to Sundown Hill. Mm. If we needed to pass through here and actually go, say, across the bridge, would you allow us that passage? Or would we uh, also be brought to our knees, much like uh, those surrounding us? You are not of Pictish blood. You may pass freely in this world. It is the gift that the, it is the one gift that your 
makers have given you is something that we cannot do. We are bound by the rivers of the rock. I understand, but uh, spirits binding and everything doesn't necessarily mean that um, you wouldn't attempt to stop us. That's what I'm asking. Ankiel kind of narrows his eyes quizzically and then they say, there is no reason for me to stand in your way. But if you seek to pass beyond the Andal's Bridge to find spite, you will find nothing but darkness. He has abandoned his old home and he has moved west. We need to find Ochard. They seek they seek the old blood of Cavendish. It is how they will unify the kingdoms that will be in darkness and not in light. Hmm. Right then. Cavendish, you say. Ankiel nods his head, they say yes. Right. Abigail kind of takes two steps backwards at this point. <laughs> Perhaps Osbert's words have uh, have stuck with you all, but this is where the stakes are at. That's not slip. You know, there was there was flour everywhere. As far as the eye could see, uh, it was it was quite fascinating. Everything looked as if it was, um, you know, faded and and not of this world. Keep going. Not going. To <laughs> uh, Should we move? And he, it seems that we're of a parallel sort of uh, goal here, at least somewhat. So could you tell me, is there anything else we need to know if we were to say, try to go to Sundown Hill? You seem to be able to see better than we can. He, Ankiel kind of opens his eyes wide and he kind of mouths words that are in broken all. And this is not in your heads, but instead these are true words. And, and he says that, um, he says aloud in, in broken all, of course, uh, Spite seeks to take the descendant of the Cavendish and turn her into the vessel of the Druids beyond the river. Not the Cavendish as we, he says, but the others. Right. What, what would what would what is what is this vessel? What does this mean? Osbert gives you a, a look, saying, trying to say like, don't give him too much information. Right. Yeah. I was the one that told you guys that. Unkeel Unkeel says <laughs> there is only one living descendant of the Cavendish bloodline of the kings of old. Ah. Uh, uh. They entreat to place her upon the throne and unify the West and the East, he reports. But it will not be in light, it will be in shadow. So then the best thing for us to do is not allow them to get to this person. Ankiel says, you know where the blood of Cavendish is? He takes a couple steps forward. I would assume we'd have to find them. That would be the next step, yes. Calvin, you get a really bad feeling when he when uh, Ankiel steps forward. Mm. 
If the thing they want is this one person that they're supposed to be elevating, then if we find that one person, we can stop that from happening, I would assume. Or at least that would be the best way to stop them, wouldn't you agree? Ankeel, his lips no longer move, but the voice of them can erupt in your head once again. Providing that you knew where the bloodline of Cavendish was. Hmm. Well, as I stated, that seems to be the next thing, then. I assume you came to the same conclusion. We did. Ankeel, or they say. Well, let's find it. Otrig must return. Find Otrig and return yes. to uh, Sundown Hill. Yes. But that's where he's went. Or who went? Spite? Yes. Yes. Fortifications worthy enough? I'll, I'll look around what, because we see what Nine did. If he is Midi, I can't imagine. Well, I don't know how you feel, Onkiel, but uh, to put it frankly, if you have to stop a plan, it's always best to either stop it at where it starts or where it's going to end, right? Maybe best if you take a shot at where it's going to end, since you don't know where this one's supposed or where it's going to start, since you're not entirely sure where the ending is. The Bruduidian forbids us from crossing the lake and the river near Sundown Hill. Oh. But Cauldron he has already Lake crossed them. Cauldron Lake is forbidden to us. And I suppose perhaps we go to the start. And Keegan just looks at everybody. Still, he's trying to make sure that he does not look at you know, Abigail at all. As though she's... Not core, because she hasn't been talking anyway. We are not at cross purposes, they say. I find it strange that you would come here looking for the renegade Otrig. What is... need would you have of him? We traffic in the ways of the druids. <laughs> we don't have any among our numbers that can guide us. Druid Otrig is, from what we understand, quite wise in these ways. Figured we could use his counsel. The whole room seems to smell deeply. The trees shamble in this loud smelling as if the building itself was snorting. You can hear you've the smell of stone hold upon you. The smell of the dead. You've got the right of it. That's where I hang my hat. You and many others have done so, they say. Fleeting is the crown of Stonehold. How was Spite allowed to break? Spite has found a way outside the Bruduidian. He tried to swim against the current, which is not possible for any of our kind. Instead, he found a way to ford it altogether. The path of dreaming only goes one way. He has found a way to cross it. He has cheated it, Ankiel says. And that is why you brought this on his people. 
they Ankiel nods and they say yes. The voices in your head, I should say, say yes. <laughs> that is why we seek Otri. We need to understand how he's doing this. The passage beyond Andal's Bridge is open to you. If you think that you will find him beyond there. That's where we're told he's ventured. Who told you he would venture beyond the bridge? They ask. I don't remember what was that. It was the nameless. They let us know. This is the way to head. The goat myth, Ankiel says, <laughs> which is a, an old pejorative term for the Grawl Stutters of the North. Oh, I was like, what? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they raise goats. <laughs> the nameless are known to us. They dwell beyond Sentinel Pine. We have seen them among the trees. They pointed us this way. Said Otrig had passed this way or said he was, he was headed, headed this direction. We would know if he passed through here. You're welcome to go beyond the Andal's Bridge to say to your own curiosity, but you will find that Spite's home has been abandoned. The Black Hinge is abandoned as, on, as they search for a word. And the one they find is abandoned. Well, Otrig being a druid, he doesn't really leave a trail to follow like a normal person would. So if there's any information you can give us, they could point us in the right direction. As far as we can tell, he's gone beyond that bridge. You will find the Black Hinge no more than one day northeast. But be wary. <clears throat> Even though that spite has left, the Lucrota still wander the hills. Lucrota. Lucrota, sorry. Lucrota. Are these the forgotten Andals? Cursed ones. Men, people cursed to walk upon hands and knees, turned to beasts. They howl in the night. We've dispatched our spare, our share of monsters up here in the north. I reckon we can do it again. The Lucrota are your people. In a sense, they say. Don't sound too innocent to me. <laughs> they were abandoned by your people. On Keel, they, they go on to say. On Keel's lips do not move. That is known. Those who were left on the other side of the bridge. On Keel not. They say yes. I can't believe they're alive. In Curse. a sense. They're In alive. a sense. But their numbers are few. And they've given their allegiance to spite. They have been brought low like animals. <clears throat> despite being anything but chattel. He says. Enslaved. <clears throat> Ankiel's eye, eyes turn back toward Keegan. 
he can just he's not entirely sure what to say at this point because it sounds like they need to make an actual um choice of some sort so he kind of is it's settled then we'll pass beyond the bridge find otrig and return if you think it best that's the only way we're not going to take out spite without some help the man of the will the man of the woods otrig why do you seek to bring spite low what do you have why what would bring you to otrig into spite he, he inquired or they inquired well why are the why are the means and means of the matters of the druids how does it impact you and Stonehold? Selfish, selfish reasons. If I am going to be frank, you know, we 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 seek the uh, aid of the nameless, and this is the only this is their stipulations that they they asked of us that we do before they accompany us to Stonehold. So you are common sellswords, He said with contempt and disgust in his, in his lips and his tongue. No coin is exchange hands. This is a great an agreement. This is pact between peoples. Uh, you know, Collinsworth finally stops trying to, you know, regale him with stories and stuff, and you know, looks looks directly at him and says, "This is a matter of survival." Which is an alliance. And sometimes for those that we ally with, we help them. Uh, Salamandra is, you might say, upset at us for taking down our sisters. <laughs> we don't want to go in this with just what we have. We need the nameless to help us as well. You said then, you're only nine. Well, we're not much more. And then what will happen? He seems to ask, or they seem to ask accusingly. What will the what will the Aradane do once they bring spite and and um, sorry spite and salamandra low? Will you continue your conquest? Hopefully, we can find some modicum of peace. I aim to carve out my piece of Stonehold. That's it. Perhaps I'll perhaps I'll usher the uh, Green John out at some point, but uh, pretty low on my priority, I'd say. Can, a peace cannot be attained as long as the Andals are beyond, or the Aradane are beyond the Rukenball. You've already trespassed beyond Aglador, beyond where you were bound. The peace you speak of is a slice of this north, which your people have tried before and have failed. We have brought the people of Stonehold low before. Is that a threat? You looking to take me out too? What did Stonehold look like when you came there? Full of ghosts. They blink. We ushered them out too. <clears throat> I don't care about this war besides the freedom for the people that live there. That's all I'm fighting for. I have no ideas what this man wants. I do not want a slice of the north. I want to be able to return home and I want to be able to see the martial lords not invade my lands. Stonehold is beyond Cauldron Lake and the river. 
What do you care what we do down there? You can't even touch us once we're beyond the Cauldron Lake. <clears throat> he, uh, he takes another step forward and he sniffs. I smell desperation. Ankiel says, I smell desperation. Of all the voices, there is but one. You have, you have come to live among ghosts. And you think that will, that will save you from the North's wrath. Despite whatever peace you may attempt to erect with other Aridane in Sentinel Pine, and we have seen their numbers among the birds, the bees, and insects of the wood. Whatever peace you seek to erect, guard yourself carefully. We're not the only ones of the North watching. You do not have the blood of the hills in you. There's a reason why your people went south. There's a reason why you live in Aglador. Every foray into the North among your people has failed time and time again. Look at me. I'm not thing material, but I've taken it. I've, I've, I've pulled what I could from these lands. I'm not supposed to rise to this, this station. I'm a fool. And I'm just foolish enough to try anyway. You are blessed and cursed by your mortality. Do not waste your final years upon this endeavor. <laughs> that will be my only warning to you. Do as you must to find your friend beyond the bridge. Whatever end you mean to have with spite is of mutual benefit. But beyond that, there will be no warning of our coming. The land will take Stonehold back, as it has done time and time again. With that, he recedes back to the throne and is ensconced once again back into the vines and the wood, and the whole room seems to breathe once again as they kind of enrapture him within it and kind of lift him into the air. I just point out something I'm confused about. Maybe I just don't understand. It'll be but different. These... It'll be different this time. It's us. Well, no, 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 not that. But these people, these people that he just killed in this entire city that he completely destroyed, they were of the north, right? So the yes. north doesn't even want the north here. That's what I'm understanding. <laughs> they broke, they right. Broke, they broke the path. Okay. As we said, as I said before, this is little, little of our concern, other than the impending doom he is threatening us with. We'll be prepared for that too. I'm just confused as to who actually gets to live in this fucking place at this point. That's all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we should leave now. Yes. All right. I think what you, you said is you've made. You may have secured your. You may secure Stonehold. What you do, you've made it in. Uh, uh, any further conversation <laughs> amongst ourselves, we can have as we walk. Let us leave now. You know that, Chauncey. Yes, let's. Uh, what I heard from from what you and your lot have, have gone through. I'm gonna start like path for you. Shooing them out of the room. <laughs> yeah, we're already we're already walking. I mean, they don't <laughs> let us go. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. At this point, you're gonna descend. And I'm, and I'm saying they, right? 
Yeah, yeah. It is named. <laughs> you descend, you're descending down from the castle keep of Dun Modra, completely unmolested. Uh, a bit surprised and shocked by what you found, but you continue your conversation. Nothing is easy. Nothing is easy in the north for sure. As I said, you can hold Stonehold for a time. But he's right. Everyone that's ever taken it has died. Everyone. People tend to die. Yes. They do. I will be returning south when this is all done. I've earned that. I have nothing north or south. So wherever. It's just confusing because it seems like everyone here wants to kill everyone here because they're from somewhere else, but they're actually from here. So it just makes me completely confused as to what the fuck is going on up in this area. That's all. Oh, you're right. The Dunman hate the Dunman. The Dunman hate the nameless. The Dunman hate the Pictish. The Pictish hate the Dunman. <laughs> the Pictish hate the nameless. The nameless hate everyone. And the nameless get picked on by everyone, and the Dunnish get picked on by everyone. It's, it's a... But if they hate everyone who lives here, why do they even want the property in the first place? I don't That's know. why they want this unification, right? They want to Right. Because that seems to be working well. Peace. Everyone keeps talking about peace. That will never happen. Peace is not going to happen. <laughs> the thing he said in light versus darkness, or in darkness versus light, I don't, I don't know what any of that means. It's all shadows at this point, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it's bad. <laughs> Are we on the right side? Dane inquires at all this. Of course. Is we there are. a side? We Is haven't crossed right? the bridge, so I would say no, not yet. Yeah. We, we, we aim we to, to, to stick our thumb in the eye of both sides. There will not be a, 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 a conjoined country up here we've been in, in just enough chaos for us to carve out our peace that's all I want thank you for not telling them about me Abigail says Obviously. I'd make sure we don't speak about that as long as there are trees around <laughs> what is there to tell about you that she is the one that carries the blood the last of her line the vessel Keegan... that, that, brings, that brings this country together. Keegan stops for a minute and just looks over at Osbert. He doesn't <laughs> say anything, but he just kind of stares at him like you had to say it out loud. <laughs> the druids I've been telling you about, Abiel goes on, Ankiel is one of them. Hmm. I thought I could find safety in Sundown Hill with my uncle, but it was clear he was not of the right mind. Were it not for you, I never would have escaped those dungeons. And I want nothing to do with no throne or being a vessel or getting mixed up in all this whatnot. But it seems like the path before us is just chaos and death. Well, hell, maybe you should be going south at this point. Run and never come back. It is It is a might bit warmer. I see. I say that you jape, but you should never run out on your people. 
There's honor in staying. You'll always have a place to stonehold. Fleeting as it may be, as Ankeel has said. Isn't everything up here fleeting? Am I wrong? (laughs) Yeah, well. The Siabra? Nay. No. Mm -hmm. Siabra are, as they say, endless. I don't know what that means. Yes, well. But endless. Even though even though the Siabra are endless, weren't those three said to be Siabra? Yes, they were. Which three? The sisters? Yes. Oh. Salamandras of acolytes. You can kill Siabra. Well, it was either them or us. They don't, they don't age the same as us. Ah. Our, our lives are a, a a, a speck of sand and the hourglass of theirs. I suppose then in some ways it's good that old age is not the only thing that takes a person out, is it? I wonder they're so crazy. crazy. A, a lifetime of hardship is enough to bring down any man or woman. You speak of crazy. You talk of slicing your piece of the pie out. You sound like a megalomaniac. You sound like every Andal who has came up here with, with one purpose, Hunker. I'm not here to take the kingdom. I just want my piece. Just this tiny sliver. No, I'm not greedy. That is greed itself. I'm not looking for the entire kingdom. Like spite. Like there, are lands in, there are lands in Rovania that you can have by putting up your own kip. They are yours. I got a flag. <laughs> That's all you need is a flag. <laughs> I was ousted. I was I was pushed out of the south. There's there's no going back for me. South is large. There's a look upon all their faces. It is clear they are all up a similar kip and kin, desperate oh. people. Like when he says this, and almost like cast up an umbrella over everyone. There's nowhere for, left for me to go. I, I have to carve out a home somewhere. Yeah. And I take the one abandoned place that's left up in north. And they say I can't have that. Well, I'm going to tell you this. There's miles and miles and miles of wall that you could take. For you will never be able to take you a year and several years to walk the wall. You have as much land as you wish. You just got to be on the right side of the wall. But your burdens are not mine. I'm helping you because you helped me seems my cousins must be in the same ill-fated situation as you. You know, all my life, I've been told I, I take after Credence. And, uh, well, we share quite a bit in common. Uh, particularly with what may have caused us to come up north. Yeah, your lot tried to take out, take up, take residence up in Stonehold. Why are you giving me such a hard time? You don't want to do the same. I think I'm so stupid. And those ghosts 
for you ran out. Those were my lots. Oh, he says right now, we actually gave peace. Uh, help them rest. Like resolved what was keeping them here. You like, know how I like to tell fish tales. <laughs> I, I thank you for that. But again, I, I don't care. We'll help you in your endeavors, as I said I would. Save me. We'll travel until you have your goal. And I will leave. The martial lords are no more. My tasks of being here are done. Like all Andals that come to the north, I got stuck. And you will get stuck too. And your <laughs> life will end as poorly as mine was about to. But you are welcome to it. Well, um... That being said, uh, we do need to get back to Stonehold so we can get you back to Aglador, so we may as well carry on. Retirement calls. Let's 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 usher you towards it. <laughs> so the we will close here for the night as the scene fades to black and we will um, continue next week. So uh, 75 reward points for everybody. Um I want to change direction here slightly just for a moment to talk about the remaining two sessions we have because I'll turn on some lighter music because we just have to. <laughs> um, obviously, we're we're drawing this campaign to a close. We've got a, a finite amount of time. Um, the question is, what will we do with this time, these next two game sessions? Because there's a lot of ground, there's still a lot of ground to cover. There's still a lot of things to see, a lot of things to do. Um, I tried to just dump kind of some information out there tonight to at least set up some reasoning behind what's happening. Uh, the question is, I think, just kind of above board, like, what do you all want to do about it? What, what are you guys' goals, the actual goals of this group? Is it to take stone hold and hold it and, and to truly just give yourself a place to live. That's Osbert's goal. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and everyone, as far as I can tell, seems to be aligned with me. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I mean, Calvin made his way up because Collinsworth made his way up. And most importantly, Hobbs made his way up. Uh, <laughs> Love you know. that. But I, I mean, the bear, I followed the bear. Uh, Bears your buddy. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Because Calvin wanted to be like a farmer. Like he just wanted to like retreat, be like the old man in the woods, kind of like Otrig. So, but uh, he got corralled into all this because of, uh, yeah, ambitions of his brothers and others. I think for Osbert, it was, you know, he wanted a place to live, but. The longer he stayed up here, the, the more the call of glory kept tugging at him. You you started believing your own bullshit. Yes, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I am seeing that obviously. That's why I keep calling like, you out on like, it. Like uh, Osbert wasn't like this at the beginning of the game. It, you know, it's what I don't it's understand. Something, it's, how... it's it's part of his his like 
character art. I, mean, I don't right. know if you remember this or not, Tim, but when we were creating characters off screen before we started this, your character was the leader. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. when you had to drop out for work, like it shipped, we made the decision to shift it to Nick and the Nick's character kind of grew toward it. What about Keegan? Like what's Keegan looking for? Right. Uh, to be honest, what Keegan's first goal was in coming up here is to find something to do with his life because his life had been nothing up until that point other than serving people. But then apparently he started to realize that that's what he was good at and that's what he should continue to do. So at this point, like part of my story is that nothing significant had ever happened to Keegan except when he was eight and he burned his eye. That's the only thing that ever happened in his life. So he finally said, you know what, I'm I'm going to make something of myself and I'm going to do something. And he came to the north and he has nothing to go back to. He has nothing going on anywhere. And so he clings to finding things to assist with so that he can feel like he's made a difference or he mattered in some way. Yeah. So, no, I mean, this is just kind of a broader question and. Tim, I think we should let everybody else answer this because they've been kind of in the midst of the game the longest. Like, are you the good guys or the bad guys? That's the I think that's the the, the question I kind of I'm kind of I've been asking myself over the course of the game. I, I, I mean, when you, when you think about it, the 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 party's goal is to kind of sow chaos is is to is to keep well. them from, from from uniting again, like keeping it from being its own power and setting its own destiny so i think so yeah i, I would say we're the bad guys strives to be neutral. for selfish reasons so 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 maybe you, you know in the grand scheme of things we may be seen as the villains but you know from our own perspective we're just we just want to make our own way so it's hard to say so yeah kind of neutral what do you think calvin uh, Calvin would, was striving to be neutral or like neutral good, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's not here to like conquer anyone. Like that was never his intention. Like he wanted nothing to do with these politics. Mm-hmm. Like he was just looking for a place to settle and grow. And so like if this ends up allowing him to do that, then I guess okay. But like part of him's thinking like it might just be better to slit her throat and just call it a day. Like wash her hands of it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like it, it's it'd be a terrible thing to do, but then it wouldn't be our problem. Yeah, and then he can go back to doing what he wants to do. It doesn't Which, strike you as like cold blooded for you know someone. Well, that that's why he mentioned so long. That's why he mentioned she should run. You know, because he doesn't want her to die, but it might be the easiest thing for her just to be like, if I can't outrun my past, I might as well deny my fate. <laughs> what do you think, Collinsworth? Collinsworth absolutely believes that he's a good person. Um, he, uh, he, from his perspective, he came up here because um, he saw what his brother was capable of, and he's seen what um, anyone who even showed a modicum of that ability, um, what has happened to them. And so he, uh, he actually staged a romantic mix-up because he heard the stories about his uh, cousin Credence and how Credence had a certain romantic mix-up with an important person so that it would convince Calvin to leave. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, that's why he did that. Um, and so we were fleeing up here and 
all Collinsworth wants is to have a nice settlement to live a simple life in and to raise some animals and, um, you know, to, to be at peace. That's truly what he wants, but he realizes in order to do these things, we have to have those protections and he's willing to do what it takes to get to that point. Yeah. You, you think Keegan feels the same way as the others? Uh, so there was a point like early on when Osbert started um, changing, shifting direction and making really weird calls, at least in Keegan's opinion, <laughs> that he was like, we're the bad guys. I'm pretty sure we're the bad guys. And that's kind of where his thought went. And then as things happened, he's like, but those guys are the bad guys, too. So, like, does that make us the good guys if we kill the guys that are also the bad guys? Or are we just bad guys killing other bad guys? And so it got really confusing inside of his head. And so at this point, he is probably, I'm just going to coin this term, involuntary neutrality. That's probably where he kind of sees the group. Because, like, yeah, yeah we do bad things, but we're doing bad things to bad people. So that, that's got to be, like, that's got to even out somewhat, right? Yeah. So I, I think he keeps justifying it as that because he's like, well, they were pieces of shit, too. <laughs> it's OK that we were yeah. pieces of shit to the pieces of shit. Right. Like that's I, I so that's I, kind of where he's at. bad only to obtain bad. He's not he's not entirely <laughs> sure if the means justify the ends kind yeah. of thing, but he's trying to convince himself because deep down I think Keegan's a good guy, but he's really easily led astray. Yeah. If you, so. if you could truly want what it sounds like you want, the best way to do it would be not to slit the girl's throat. That yeah, I mean yeah. that'd be like that is definitely that's, evil. That's a, that's <laughs> going to the extreme of bad. Yeah. Still trying to do yeah. neutral. You say she died in up here past the bridge, and then she goes with me. But she can also ensure that you keep stone hold. There's she, a lot of value. She's a lot of value. Anyway, I, I wanted yeah, to ask you, you all. You want. I'm not going to suggest the direction you go. I just right. wanted to ask that question because I think the undercurrent of the game is that it's a place of like opportunity, but you have to fight for it. Mm -hmm. And, and if there's a lesson, I think that, I think the broader lesson really at the end of the game is that um, it's never ending strife. Like yeah. there is no such thing as peace in the North. Right. Um, there's no way to achieve that peace because you're still encroaching on lands that are older than you. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't mean that your efforts are fruitless. Doesn't mean you can't hold Stonehold, but um and, and it sounds like you guys want to be the lesser of two evils. Yes. Which, which is yeah. of which three is, evils. Or three evils, sorry. <laughs> but you want to be the lesser of the evils, so at least you have that goal in mind. I would go with neutral being okay. <laughs> I would go maybe leadership choices and chaos over here. I mean, the, 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 the broader arc essentially, the broader well, yeah. arc basically, the broader arc is in the same way as our old Cahabro game started with the Cargat. The, the broader arc brought you from coming to Stonehold and knowing that it was once occupied by people to discovering the people, the nameless, who once occupied it and they fled, right, to stay safe in Sentinel Pine because they knew that, they, that there was no way for them to survive. Otherwise, they had been overran by the Marcher Lords. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think, you know, if I, because I was thinking about how this book ends, like this story book ends, it's really about your are you doomed to do the same thing that people did before? Will you be successful even if you, if you try? And that's something we need to discuss. We need to discuss 
this is where I was going to with this conversation. This is an open conversation for everyone around the table. Is like, what do we want to do that's actionable in the next two game sessions? Because we we have once again finite time, um, and and if we want to do something big and bombastic and close this out in a fun way, we can do it. If we want to, um, if we want to just epilogue everything, that's fine too. I just think I just depends on like what you all want. Obviously, Tim, this is like your second session. Full you, on more. Let's go for yeah, it. Yeah. And you're only gonna be here for four <laughs> games, which is total. Right. But um, I think, you know, broadly, like what what do you want to have happen in the next two game sessions in, in from from your your what you learn in the entire game, not just tonight, but the entirety of the story. Like where do you want where do you want the next two sessions to take your characters? I will support them in the lesser of evils. Like they obviously saved my life. I feel like I owe them like that, like a life bond for that. Mm-hmm. I will give them my time because I do know that the other two factors in this are pieces of shit, as Keegan likes to say. Total pieces of shit, you know. So lesser of two. I I see this as a lesser evil. Do I think that an Andal should rule anywhere in the north? No, I've learned my lesson. <laughs> I keep trying to explain that lesson. But they don't seem to listen to me. Right. Well, they don't. But yeah, to be fair, to be fair, I think that they are ambivalent toward that. Right. Which is which is kind of a big drive for like why they continue to do the things that they do. But 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 noted. Um, so if if chances you to defer to your decision making, yeah. like above board, everyone, like what do we want to do in the next two sessions? Slaughter. I mean, I mean, I think like bringing this salamander storyline salamander slash spite storyline to a close is something that you know it's kind of been unfinished for a while like i think we all could agree we want to finish that piece at least right yes uh, okay. barney wants to try to escape the north like if if the idea is that chauncey can go south and set up a land down there and abigail is willing to just run with us like she just wants nothing to do with this northern area then we're trying to maybe escape the north head that, back to the south does that seem like going completely like against the thesis of the game like it's like, well, well sure but we have two episodes what, what can we resolve in two episodes besides abandoning the quest which was something that calvin was willing to do from day one well, of course, like he came her, here there was her, nothing here for us we should just turn around and go home Unless it's not wrong, Dan, but like some of this stuff we could probably achieve in broad strokes, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like okay. find out trick. Right. Well, unless yeah. it's epilogued or something that I mean, because we took Abigail later on, we could go back and take part of the north once we have forces because we've developed a country or whatever. Yeah. Would be very it would be very valuable to act like second so and this is really just Right. This is the background of, of a broader story that I think really nobody here, maybe except Tim, knows about. Like when we first started playing this game, God knows how many years ago, Dunbrood was one country. And then it was Riven and Two, and the Cavendish line was was seemingly lost. And it split into Dalriata. That's when the White Wolf of the Torque Lords came. They're like, fuck, we can take Dalriata and just wipe out everybody. Uh, they didn't succeed. They got turned around by King Cassander Malister, the Unifier, and Aglador. So, um, Somebody of that bloodline is incredibly invaluable, but it's clear that she doesn't want that. Yeah. So just just to lay that out there doesn't mean you should. You that's a string you need to tug on, but I just want to be clear on like what that means. I 
me as a player, I don't I don't feel comfortable using a person as a bargaining chip. So like I, to me, like doing that within the confines of the game, like just doesn't feel right. So I, I don't really want to, you know, bring this person down so I can quote unquote use her. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to run a vassal state. Basically. Right. You, well, if, yeah. If she goes, if she goes south, and she's found out. Like I may, I may, I may play some chaotic characters, but like I draw a line somewhere, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because otherwise, kind of the way I saw this going was we would find Otrig, we would get the nameless on our side, and then, I mean, uh, Calvin would try to use Sorsha to help get in and take out uh, Salamandra again. And if we can take out Salamandra, hopefully we get Sundown Hills on our side, you know, because the king will then, or the Thane or whatever he is, uh, would be in the right state of mind. And then we can then confront uh, Spite over that, you know. That would ultimately, I guess, be the way to go. But there's also just the option to run and let them deal with the north as it is. It just seems crazy to me that, like, we spent however many odd game sessions and then we're just be like, Fuck this, we're leaving. Like, it just doesn't make oh. sense. We have so much well, invested here. I, I just want to be, just to, so we're not repeating the same information here, uh-huh. I think I think Mike offered up a, an alternative. It's a very good solution. But, sure. but I, I want to hear from Kay and, and Adam. Okay. I don't know. Um, I can see either way that it would end up working. Um, I kind of like Mike's idea, to be honest. Which one of my ideas? <laughs> um, the one of basically us going back with Otrig and then uh, taking out Salamandra with Blake Sorsha's help. Yeah. And then at the same time, at that point, we could also be taking on Spite, I guess. One game yeah. session for Salamandra, one game session, the big final battle with Spite. Yeah. I'm not against that. I mean, because time. Yeah, we yeah. narrate some things in broad strokes. Obviously, if we went that direction, but I think I, I definitely want to hear from Adam though before we kind of yeah. Right. Um, so some of the you know things that the strings that I still want to pull on in the next two episodes is Charlotte. Definitely <laughs> want to want to find that out because this will be. You know, big mystery. You know, See what yeah, it was it was a big mystery, and I'd like to actually use my professional trait. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's that's you know, it's narrative and and you know, like player wise, that's what I'm most interested in accomplishing over the next two. But as you know, that's not like truly integral to the story. So, as long as we can hit that, I do like the idea of. You know, doing broad strokes because we realize we don't have you know all the all the episodes left that, um, you know we don't have a ton. We've got two episodes left, so if we do broad strokes, we can deal with Salamandra and with Spite, um, and just kind of say that yeah, we were able to somehow find Otrig, and you know we'll go back to the Nameless and see how they reacted, and yeah. So if we if we're kind of in agreement on that approach, what we what I what I vote we do is that um, we bring this session to a close. 
Um, we don't get into the details tonight. Next week, we will narrate how this part of the story closes up, and we will begin with the encounter with Salamandra in Sundown Hill, which may or may not turn into a fight, depends on what direction you take it. So sure. we'll decide that narratively, um, mm-hmm. how, that, how, that, how that unfolds. And then um, they'll give us, a, you know, if it turns into a fight, it turns into a fight. It doesn't, it doesn't. Um, then I guess this one last session for epilogue. I have some ideas for epilogue. Yeah. So hold on to those. Okay. Uh, hold on to any other ideas. But if it sounds like we're kind of all in agreement, we want to we want to roll some fucking dice. So yeah. uh, I yeah. think that I think that's a I think more importantly, above and beyond rolling dice, we want to bring the story to a close in a way that closes the loop. Right, the storyline. Yeah, the, and the loop. We know that the loop right now is like getting the nameless on your side because you need them to get go against because you're intended to go against Salamander regardless. So uh, we'll narrate what happens next week uh, with that, and we'll bring tonight to a close. Everybody gets 50 reward points, by the way, for that for participating, and uh, we do a conflict roll for tonight, which is kind of important for some people if you're anywhere close to uh, order of chaos. Over seven. <laughs> Okay. They're old seven. A 12 conflict. If you gain no conflict, you can either go toward uh, belief or law. It's up to you. Um, so, all right. Well, we'll wrap up here tonight. We'll see or you'll hear us next week on Desperation Point. Thank you for your patronage. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And uh, there's only two sessions left until before we start a new game. So more on that later. See you all later. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.